the stories of entrepreneurs and how they overcame the struggles and challenges to get where they are today. This is Believe in the Entrepreneur with Joel Sandoval, CPA. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Entrepreneur. And I'm super excited because I have Brian Gonzalez in the house, who is a young entrepreneur, only 25 years old, graduated from Cal State University, Bakersfield. But surprisingly, even though he went the traditional route of going to school, became an entrepreneur and now is successfully operating New Tech Customs, Inc., an automotive improvement company. So, Brian, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me here. For sure, man. So, Brian, uh, for those that don't know you, um, you know, obviously... You've been in the business um, now for, I think, almost a year, you said. But it's crazy how you've kind of pivoted from real estate to new tech. But why don't we even just take it back? Take it back to why did you go to school if you knew you were going to, you know, you kind of became an entrepreneur. So, like, tell me about your thoughts at that time. Yeah, no worries. So, um, I'm first gen, right? So, yeah. uh, first gen Hispanic. My parents were born in Mexico. Uh, when they came here, uh, they had us and, you know, they wanted us to go to school. And that, I think that's what they were taught, you know, that uh, to have a successful kid, you have to have them go to school, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they have to graduate with some sort of degree and then get into the workforce. Um, I I just, I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that kid. You know, I'm the first uh, firstborn, so I want to lead by example. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't great in school, okay. but... You know, I got I got into Cal State. Yeah. And uh, I did the easiest degree that I could get. Okay. So I was actually majoring in business. Okay. And I wasn't doing very good. Mm. So I realized that public policy was easier. So I got it in public policy and I haven't done anything with it since. <laughs> Just be honest. Yeah, I, I love that, man. But, you know, it's interesting that you said that the reason you kind of went to school is because... You know, our, it's almost like our parents, they, they, they understood how education was important, but because they didn't really have the education, right? But they was like, hey, I want a better life for my kids, so why don't you go to school? But then we start going to school, and then we realize that, hey, school might not even be the answer. So um, for you, you know, you obviously you went to school, and you're like, I'm just trying to, trying to get out of here as almost as easy as possible, as easily as possible. So... You know, what, what made you stick with it anyway? First of all, if you're not doing well in school, what made you stick with it to actually you know, graduate? Um, my parents, again, you know, I love them very much and I wanted them to be happy. So whenever they saw me graduate and actually before that, even in high school, mm -hmm. I was not a good student. I'll be honest. And I'll tell anybody that, mm -hmm. you know, I was a DC student. But I went every day because I sold candy. <laughs> and I went every day because I hustled. Yeah. You know, and I actually, it's funny. I was a sophomore and actually I started as a freshman. Okay. So I was about, I don't remember, I was 14 years old, I think. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the 99th because when I was younger, you know, we lived in a one bedroom apartment mm. and uh, I had a bike and I decided I was going to go to the 99th cent store because that's where my mom usually did or grocery shopping and, you know, got basic supplies. And I started realizing these candy bars are 50 cents, but I can probably sell them for a dollar. Mm. And that was what started it all. So funny enough, I was actually not interested in going to school. And I would always say I'm sick or, mm. you know, like, oh, you know, I don't feel good. Yeah. And uh, that would buy me a day. Mm. But once I started to like, you know, realize, oh man, I can make money at school. Mm -hmm. I actually opened up my first bank account at 14 with my own money. Nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at first I, I realized that it wasn't for me and I was going to drop out. But I think it's just, well, I, I kept the excitement because I was actually being an entrepreneur in school. Yeah. And also because I just, I wanted to see my mom be happy. Yeah. My mom and my daddy. And I wanted them to see me graduate and put on that, you know, that gown and, and walk the stage. And I did, you know, I actually, um, when I was at Cal state, I dropped out twice Really, and I was on academic probation. Oh, wow. So, you know, me, I think it took me six years mm. to actually walk that stage. Oh, wow. And, uh, I mean, if I want, if, can I, I'm going to share this real quick. So whenever I was, whenever I dropped out, I actually dropped out because I was working at CarMax, um, 
selling cars and I was doing pretty well. I was, you know, pretty good sales kid. I, I, I think I was a sophomore mm. in, in college. I was making really good money for my age. I managed to save up some money and I actually spent it all on a franchise fee and moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico with no real house over there, no apartment, mm. no real plan other than I bought this marketing franchise license fee. There's no, I, I had some family in Albuquerque. That's why I chose it. But I went over there and I tried opening a, a marketing business mm. and I got two tubs, like plastic tubs full of my clothes and I drove 12 hours. Wow. And I quit school. Dang. Yeah. That's crazy. So let's, 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 ca let's carry on with that story. Cause obviously you, you saved us some money. You were doing pretty good at CarMax, but then for some reason you're like, I want to pivot from car sales to now marketing. So why, first of all, why pivot to marketing when you're doing pretty well in car sales? Because I never wanted to be an employee. I think I learned pretty early on. I don't want to work for anyone, mm. you know, because I was always a company man. Mm. I've never gotten fired from a job, but I've had over 12 of them, <laughs> you know, and that's because every job that I've had, there's always been some, you know, something that happens where I don't feel like I'm valued. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel like I'm a valued employee. I don't feel like people respect, you know, what it is that I do for that company. And uh, I told myself I'm, I'm not going to work for someone, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what led me to whether it's marketing or whatever it would have been, I did not want to keep working. Anyway, I haven't had an actual job in an, in a place for more than one consecutive year. Wow. I just, it was not negative. I just realized I didn't want to work for someone. Right. So you basically pack your bags, move to Albuquerque, and then you pay for this franchise fee and then you hit it off or what happens after that? Uh, kind of. So I had some family over there. So the the way that that marketing company was, you hang door coupons, and uh, at the time it was a fifteen thousand dollar or fifteen thousand uh, homes per campaign. Okay. So you distribute. You get these you know businesses to put their their business on a door hanger, and then you distribute them. Mm. Uh, I couldn't do it here because my friend was doing it. That's mm. why I didn't, I wasn't able to do it here. I had to choose where to go. Mm. Well, Albuquerque was my next option. So uh, when I went over there, I did, I hit the ground running. Um, I was crashing at my aunt's living room. And I, I mean, I'm so thankful for them because they let me stay there, mm -hmm. you know, but um, I did, I got some campaigns going. I, I actually still have copies of those door hangers and, and I, I was actually doing okay in the beginning. Oh, nice. So, <clears throat> You quit school to move to Albuquerque, start doing okay, doing, you know, you know, obviously you have family that's helping you as well. Um, and then how did you even get back into school? If you, I mean, if you got this or you invested some money. Yeah. So why, why go back to school or what, what were your thoughts at the time? Because I failed in business eventually. Mm. Um, I think I still didn't have the, the right life experience. Um, you know, there was a lot of times where, I was making maybe bad financial decisions while I was there, you know, and it just ultimately led to me not being so profitable. And it was a combination of me not being so profitable and me missing my family and my friends here because, you know, Bakersfield to me, although I, you know, say, Oh, I hate Bakersfield. I, I really, you know, this is home. So yeah. when I was so far away, I realized, you know what, it's something that I can probably just, stop doing, move back, and try and do it somewhere else. So I did do it somewhere else. I did it in uh, Visalia. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you moved to, so you moved back home or close to home. Yeah, started going to school again. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then you're doing this kind of door marketing um, flyers. And then does it go well in Visalia or do you still fail in business in Visalia I as well? I still failed. Oh, wow. I still failed. I mean, I would go, I mean, just, you know, to it out there i would go every day uh drive an hour and 15 minutes there an hour and 15 minutes back and i would walk the shopping malls and i would walk the um, you know anywhere that there was businesses automotive mm -hmm. anywhere and i would pitch it you know let them know about the business and uh most often than not they would say no right or they would there would be some kind of gatekeeper you know and then you get their information and you got to you know follow up and do all that so um it just 
it wasn't really profitable mm. you know, at the end, but I, I did fail. Yeah. I did. Yeah. For sure. And I think one of the biggest things that you did is that like you're learning how to get out of your comfort zone, right? Which is super important in business. Also sales is like the number one skill that you could have in business. If there is no sales, there is no business. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that you're gaining these life skills, even though you're failing, which they always say fail faster in order to succeed. Oh yeah. No, I've, I mean, I think at the time I, I start when I went over to Albuquerque, I was about 20, about to be 21. And I mean, to go over there and, uh, you know, and do that and fail and have that pressure over my shoulders, you know, and then have to come back after I quit school, you know, and then fail in that business again in Visalia. Um, I think anybody else or most people would just say, maybe this isn't for me. I'm just going to go back to working a regular nine to five, which I mean, I kind of did for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, and you, now if we take it back, you said you had quit school twice, right? Yeah, I did. So was this the first time when you moved to New Mexico or uh, Albuquerque? No, actually that was the second time. The first time I did it because I wanted to expedite my, it was actually right after freshman year. Oh, um, that one, it was, it was, I wanted to expedite school. Mm. So I actually took longer. Oh, okay. In the long run. <laughs> but gotcha. I, I quit school because I wanted to go to an online school mm. and just expedite it. Because to me, you know, when I thought about school, I thought about something that was holding me back from doing other things, you know? Yeah. But I wanted to graduate so that I can tell my parents, here's my degree, you know, thank you for supporting me, you know? And that's all they wanted to see. So I wanted to do it. I just wanted to expedite it. Got it. So I went to a different school and it was online. I didn't have the um, discipline to sit down and, you know, do it online. So I dropped out of that school and then I came back to Cal State. Wow. To Cal State and then dropped out again to go and start that business. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's a that's a great way to drop out of school, like to pursue a dream. Right. So I think if you're going to drop out, that's for the for the good reason, for good reasons. But. Obviously, you know, you, you, you kind of are trying to get your degree just to make your parents proud, but you didn't really see any value in it. Um, but you did see the value in seeing your parents happy and, yep. and, and what and what they wanted for you. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, so but you're getting these life skills, getting sales experience at Car, uh, Car, CarMax, getting sales experience with your franchise business. Both fail. So what happens next? I become a ranger with the county. Mm. And I completely switched gears. Mm. And I said, I'm just going to get into law enforcement, which is what I wanted to do, actually. Mm. Like, before I wanted to do business, I just wanted to be in law enforcement. I wanted to be a cop, mm. you know. I ended up being a ranger. And uh, I did that for about less than a year. <laughs> Almost got to the year, actually, on that one. Oh, wow. But I didn't I didn't hit the year mark. Mm. Um, but I, I did that. I did that, and I basically did that you know, uh, with my timeline that we're talking about, mm -hmm. this was closer to senior year. Okay. So I was about to graduate Cal state actually. Um, and I, I was doing that and I was actually running a little, the smaller, um, marketing firm, mm. uh, where we were doing digital ads for different businesses. So I was actually working for a couple of attorneys here locally mm. and I was working for restaurants up in Visalia through the, uh, door hanging. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So through door hanging, I actually, you know, was able to help them with their marketing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Wow. So you, you're getting basically these leads from this franchise and then you kind of leave that business to start this new vent career venture in law enforcement. Yet those relationships that you had built are still valuable to you because now you're able to still make some side money, some hustle. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. My days off consisted of me driving over there. Wow. You know, it consisted of me actually um, working, not just having the days off. Now, because I was in uh, that department in the summer time, too, um, there was a lot of time that I would spend there because of uh, we deal with like people that drown in like the Kern River and stuff like that. So, you know, I would be working 12 hours, sometimes even 16 hours in a day. Mm. Um, I didn't really have time to devote so much to that business that I would call it a small side hustle that I did, you know, mm -hmm. um, more of a freelance thing for those businesses, but I didn't have, I didn't have the time to do it. So, um, I mean, I was going to school, 
I was taking seven classes oh, in wow. my last uh, semester. So I'm taking seven classes as, as a senior. I am a ranger with the county, which is full more than full time. I was probably doing about 55 hours a week. Wow. And I was running this side marketing business in Visalia and uh, here with an attorney locally, two attorneys. Wow. I could just imagine, like, no sleep. <laughs> no, I, I didn't really sleep very much. But um, through, through that work, uh, I realized that I could make more money faster. And uh, I love law enforcement. I, I think that that will always hold a you know, special place in my heart. I think one day I'll go back as a reserve or something. Uh, but I realized that my dream to be, you know, an entrepreneur, to just own a business, to be my own boss was stronger than, you know, me wanting to just be in law enforcement in, yeah. or in some kind of law enforcement capacity. So I ended up quitting. And just before I was going to get, uh, it was kind of like a promotion. I, I, I quit. Wow. Um, I quit and I became a realtor. So I quit actually right before I graduated Cal State. So it was a couple of weeks from graduating Cal State. I quit. I got my real estate license, which my real estate license, by the way, I got completely by accident. I never Ooh. wanted to be a realtor. I, I, I think I, I only met one realtor my whole like, you know, life when it came to before I was a realtor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he sh it was my buddy uh, who showed me a check. And the check was a $13,000 check. I've never seen so much money in one check. Mm. My parents have never had so much money. You know, I was just, it was so much money. And yeah. I was like, how did you make that much money? Mm -hmm. He said, oh, I sold the house and then I sold him another one. Mm. Like, I, I, something like he double-ended a deal or something. Gotcha. And I was like, and you made that much money? And it just blew my mind that you can make that much money. So... I signed up for real estate classes and I always put it off to the side. I mm. think I went six months without getting my license, just having the classes there. And um, this, I mean, I should have tried harder. I'll be honest. I'm not a textbook person. Mm -hmm. I failed my real estate exam four times. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, three times. I passed the fourth. Okay. Um, first time I got a 56%, mm. second, 62 Third, 68. That one I was really pissed off about because I was so close to passing it. Mm. But the fourth time I actually passed. And this was all in the span of about a week and a half. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was going to LA and back like every other day. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even, I didn't realize you could even take the test that many times. Oh, yeah. You can. Oh, wow. I, I mean, it wasn't cheap. I think it was $60 every time. But Gotcha. Yeah. I just, I'm not disciplined when it comes to sitting. I'm convinced I have like ADHD or something. You yeah. know, I, I can't sit down and read a book for an hour of contracts on real estate. Yeah. I just can't do it. <laughs> but I passed it. Yeah. And uh, and then that's what started my real estate career. Nice. Well, let's come back to this real estate story because I kind of want to take a little bit back to because you started selling. It all started from you start selling candy bars at school and that's why you went to school. Yeah. Um, so it almost seemed like you kind of knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur or or make money from sales as opposed to you know work you know working a regular job okay. so like for me I, I was not born an entrepreneur i never even thought i would be an entrepreneur i wasn't never it was never a part of my vision until later in life when i was probably like in my late 20s when i was like this is something that i want to do but before then i just wanted i just wanted a regular job i wanted to have you know get paid well and have a good paying salary and with benefits like that was my dream and then i was like there's more to life than that than this and so that's when i was like the only way to get more out of life and was to actually become an entrepreneur and that's how i became one but i was never i never sold candy i never sold i never even knew how to sell like these are all skills i had to learn when i started my business i had never acquired and i was like how the hell do you even sell like <laughs> you could just imagine i was like i'm gonna count it i know how to do tax returns but i don't know how to persuade my value i don't know how to like get in front of people. So, but for you it was different for you, you know, you actually had this almost in your destiny in a way. So what was it about your childhood that even made that part of what you wanted to do? I didn't want to be captain my income, uh, my income potential mm. because I seen my dad, uh, work in the fields and work hard labor jobs. Um, 
I don't come from a super poor background, but we we were not by any means, you know, well off. Uh, hand me down shirts, you know. We, it, it's just a one bedroom, and you know, in the hood in LA, it's just you hear gunshots all the time. You know, your mom doesn't want to walk you down the street at night because she's afraid. Uh, you know, my dad worked 12, 16 hours a day. He would actually, he uh, injured his back mm. because he worked so much to provide for us that he ended up, you know, deteriorating his own health mm. because he just, it was such a labor intensive job. Wow. But that is my why. And that is why I wanted to do what I want to do. Mm. That's why I didn't want to stay in law enforcement. That's why I didn't want to have a regular job. I wanted to take my dad out of that. And put him somewhere where, you know, he can be under at least our supervision. Yeah. So that we're sh- so that we know that he's safe. That's inspiring. So I mean, you you kind of realize that hey, hard work in itself is not the answer, because your dad was working twelve, fourteen no, hours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was working his ass off he was working his ass off yeah. but, you, but yet you didn't see any fruits of your labor like how is it that my dad's hurting his back now has medical issues yet we're still like just getting by and so you knew that okay sales entrepreneurship is is the answer but how'd you how'd you know that at such a young age because for me that was not not even clear until later like was it did you just get a like and like, was there an, someone who influenced you or was it just that first candy bar sale that made the, the, the whole difference or like what kind of like, like made that light bulb effect? Well, there was, there was no, there was no podcast back then. There was no YouTube back then. I think, you know, whenever I started getting a little bit older, like in high school, I, I was more conscious of, you know, this is a job. This is a business. Um, you know, they're making money this. I don't know. I was just very analytical as a person. Mm. So whenever I realized that you can make money doing something like that, because when I was in high school, they have the um, uh, concession stands or something like that. Mm. And I would always ask my mom, like, hey, can you give me a dollar or two so I can go, you know, go get a candy or something, right? Or chips. And she would say, yeah, or sometimes she'd say no. And I started to realize, well, you know, I'll just get it when I go with her to the store. Mm. You know, uh, because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the way I thought back then. Well, it's cheaper at the store, and that's. I guess that's when it was. It kind of clicked. You know, mm-hmm. it was. Well, if I saw them at school, because I I know people that want candy bars. I know people that sell candy bars. I wasn't the first. I didn't invent selling candy. I just thought, well, if they're doing it, and it kind of clicked. Well, I mean, I guess they're making money off it. It's cheaper here. If I buy it here, maybe I can sell it over there. And I tried it for a little bit. You know, a couple of days. I had a. Uh, like a gym bag mm-hmm. bought some candy bars and i was like hey you guys want to buy candy and everybody wanted to buy candy <laughs> so yeah. i was like oh okay well i guess this works and then i i went from just candy bar- i i literally just bought snickers bars at first mm. and then once i realized oh i sold them that's crazy i actually made money mm-hmm. um i had a 50 percent profit margin on these yeah um then i was like well maybe i should start selling more stuff so i started i mean i mean i had Gatorades, uh, you know, sodas, lollipops, everything. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was like, I was the plug. <laughs> and uh, and then once I started doing that more and more and more, I, I realized like, oh, you know, this is awesome. I'm I'm not capped. I can make more and more money. And I went to the bank and I deposited 300 and something dollars. I don't remember the exact amount, but I was 14 years old and I did that. My mom opened it. She went with me. We opened it up, my first bank account. And then when I saw that money, I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Fruits of my labor. Yeah, 100%. You know, I'd ride my bike every day after school. Go stock up. Yeah. You know, but then I've also, I also learned what not to do in business because I would buy these things and then I'd be riding my bike back home. I kind of want to kind of want to power it. I'm I'm thirsty. <laughs> so I started eating into my own supply. Ah. And I started to realize, well, this is kind of biting into my profit margins a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, it's funny, I kind of learned what to do and what not to do. Yeah. But at that age, I don't know, it's just, it's not really a, you know, it's not going to set you back that much. I just started to realize, oh, well, if I do this, you know, then I don't make that much money. Right. Um, 
But that's when I learned that I can make money by myself, for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And then through my experiences at my jobs, you know, that's when I really told myself, I don't want to work for someone. Mm-hmm. I work and I, I you know, I, I try my best. I, I do more than what I'm expected to do. And uh, I don't get that. In ret- I don't get that recognition in return. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I think it's. A lot of employers actually, that's one of the reasons why I started my entrepreneurial career too, is because I didn't feel valued by my employer. And so I was like, and actually one time I've told this story before, um, but I remember running an errand after six o'clock on a Friday night and my boss wanted an errand ran or excuse me, he wanted a project done, but I had to run that quick errand. Let's run it 30, 45 minutes, come back to the office, finish his, his project and he's like, hey, why did your project, why did the project take so long? I was like, oh, I had to run a quick errand after work. And he's like, never let my business come before your errands. And this, and I was like, you know, I apologize, obviously, but I was like pissed off that he even said that. I'm like, really? Like, I'm still going to get the work done. But I, I, he was probably in a hurry himself as well, like kind of not now thinking about it. But that's actually what pushed me to start my firm, Sandoval Tax CPAs, is just not feeling valued by my employer. So you kind of saw that same, uh, as well. Um, but for me, it it was almost a different route. So what made you even want, like, like, how did you even know that you needed money? Cause at 14, even at that age, like for me, I think about the first time I needed money, it wasn't, Oh, I was probably 16 or 17 year old, 17 years old. Cause I got my first car and my dad's like, Hey, here's your car, but you're gonna have to put gas in it. You're gonna have to pay for your car insurance. I was like, all right, well, I need money. That's when I, re- but how did you realize, Hey, I, I need, probably need some money as well. Just hearing my parents talk about it, living in a one bedroom apartment with five people. Yeah. You, I mean, the candy bars aren't going to pay the rent, you know, but I guess it was through them that I realized that you need money to survive, you know, and I took that money and I didn't spend it on dumb things. I actually spent it on them. Mm. You know, um, I spent it on dinners. I spent it just on errands that we ran. So it, it wasn't much, you know, but it was enough for me to supplement some kind of income for them. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So you always have like, you kind of saw that what your parents were doing for you. So you kind of wanted to help them out in a way. It was always for them. Yeah. Like uh, you're right. Like there was nothing at 14 that I really told myself, like, I'm going to buy this. I don't remember that. Mm. I just remember helping them Mm. and supplementing their income in some kind of way, whether however small it was. Yeah. Buying a dinner or something like that. That's cool. That's awesome. So now, okay, so now let's fast forward to your real estate. You know, let's go back to where you were. Now you said, okay, a friend introduced you, $13,000 check. You're like, wow, I've never seen that much money in one transaction. I want a piece of this. So you basically, not a textbook guy, but figure out a way to pass your test. So then you start doing real estate. And you're doing that kind of now, but you've kind of pivoted since then as well. Now you own, obviously, New Tech Customs, Inc. And... You know, just to, for those listening, we're even able to take your dad out of the fields you were telling me earlier and is now helping you, which is congratulations, by the way, for doing that. Thank so, you. so how did you, let's, let's, but let's take it, you know, to that time where, okay, $13,000 check, you finally passed your test, you start doing real estate, what happens? I took everything that I've learned and I took the failures, you know, that, that I've learned from. And I told myself, this is what I'm not going to do this time. This is what I am going to do now. Because although it's real estate, real estate, being a real estate agent, a lot of that has to do with marketing yourself, you know, and uh, letting people know that you sell real estate. I feel like, you know, being a realtor, most of what you do is marketing in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. So I started to market myself just like I was marketing these uh you know these attorneys uh ads and their you know uh whatever it is that we were trying to promote and I did that and I got my first listing I want to say it was when I got my license I started January and in February I was in escrow on my first listing wow that's awesome yeah I mean I you know I I I tried I, I was actually when I first started I was in the office probably you know, 9, 10 a.m., but I would stay there 
until about 10, 11 p.m., sometimes even a little later than that. Mm. And uh, sometimes they'd get a little pissed off at me because they were like, hey, um, you probably shouldn't be there that late. But <laughs> I was actually working. Mm-hmm. You know, I was building my online presence. I was building my ads. Uh, I was just learning how to be a realtor. Yeah. And uh, through uh, through my experience, I learned how to run digital ad campaigns, Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, stuff like that. And uh, I got, you know, I got a lot of people that way. Nice. So you, okay, so now you're like, all right, I have some business experience from all these other ones that I've ran and I'm going to take what I, what I have learned and use that and whatever, and what I haven't learned, not use that marketing. Obviously you saw, okay, marketing is so important because that's how you attract customers and you like have people say, Hey, I'm interested in working with you. And that was one of the skills that you learned, but what are the, some of the things that maybe you're like, Hey, I'm not going to do this. Um, well, I definitely realized that I got to work smarter, not harder, right? So in real estate, one of the things that a lot of people do is they door knock. Um, I had a door knock whenever I was doing uh, coupon, uh, you know, marketing for the coupons. Uh, and I realized that to me, and, and this could be kind of, you, you know, it could be argued, right? But I don't. I didn't really see door knocking as something that would really benefit me in real estate. I thought that it'd be better to do digital ads and reach out to thousands of people online, mm. you know, and leverage money, leverage capital and, and, and invest that into ads and mm-hmm. then take those people and then, you know, uh, call them and do what I got to do to nurture those leads instead of going out there. So that's one of the things that I, nice know, that I realized I wasn't going to do. Cool. Yeah. I I love that concept because that's something that is a lot of people don't know, right? They spend so much time door knocking, but you had already experienced like, Hey, if I door knock, I'm going to come across these gatekeepers more than likely. Mm -hmm. And then I still have to like, that might, the the time might not be convenient for them. Whereas opposed to, Hey, if I attract them through leads, uh, lead generation, then I could probably better use my time better. And and then, so you kind of use your marketing skills um, and some of your life experiences to, to kind of get your first listing within one month, which I think the statistics statistic says like most people in real estate fail within the first six months or so, because they realize, you know, they're not able to put food on the table. It's all commission based, but you are able to do basically get your listing within one month. So you hit the ground running and then you start, do you start becoming successful in real estate? Like right off the bat or, or yeah, or, okay. I, I pretty much did. Um, I think my first year, which, I'm not, I mean, it's not that much, but for me being new, I I did 23 units. Nice. 23 units. And I never saw that much money in my bank account ever. Wow. And I was just like, I don't know what to do with it, you know, but I kept working and I kept working and I've been in it since December of 2019. Nice. Cool. So 23 units in one year. Congratulations, by the way. I think that for any first-time realtor that's a huge accomplishment um because most realtors their first year i mean they're lucky if they sell five (laughs) so i mean you're doing pretty well but you obviously had these um kind of business life experiences uh but now you've pivoted to your new business new tech customs inc right so why pivot when you're you're doing pretty well in real estate well i just don't want to depend on one source of income you know, I think I know how to sell a house now. I'm confident. I know that if I devoted 60 hours a week to being a realtor, you know, I would, you know, people, more people around this town would know my name, mm-hmm. you know, but right now I, I think I realized, you know, I've done the, the home sales. I've saved up some money. Let me invest it in something else and grow another business. And, uh, you know, just like I think we were talking about before this podcast, you kind of t- do one thing at a time, right? You kind of focus on that one thing. You get good at it. You, you're just, you do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I realized that I already got down how to sell a house. You know, I have clients. I've never not, I've never quit real estate. You know, I still have escrows. I'm still talking to clients. I'm still showing properties. I still have listings, but I did decrease my workload uh, so that I can start this business to diversify my earnings and to invest into a business. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, because uh, I mean, as a real estate agent, um, I, you know, most people are working a job, not really working a business. Um, nothing wrong with that, but that that definitely is a different um, mindset that you need to have, right? As opposed to marketing yourself, you got to market your services, for example. But so you pivot, you want to pivot and have multiple sources of income. So did someone like hand you a show you same thing a thirteen thousand dollar check like hey or maybe twenty thousand dollar check like this is how much money you can make with automotive ceramic window filming or or what yeah, inspired uh, ceramic you ceramic window filming stuff yeah so um nothing really ex- inspired me i just i i'll be honest with you i was online on the mls and i always wanted to open my own business uh aside from real estate so i start i filter it through the commercial filters the commercial lease mm. and i find a building that's getting built and i saw the rent and i said you know what that's not too bad and I said, I called and I, I told the the broker, I said, hey, can I tour the building? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So I met with him. I toured the, the building and I saw that there was a couple offices. There was a huge warehouse. And then I look at my brother who went with me and I said, what do you think we should do here? I mean, we didn't know what to do. I just thought, hey, you know, I found the, I found the perfect place. What do you want to do out of it? You know, and at first we thought, well, maybe we'll do more like vinyl. We'll print stuff, you know, we'll do stickers and decals. And through that, I guess it wasn't really a failure. But through seeing what was really in demand, we ended up realizing that window tinting and uh, paint protection film and those services were actually pretty popular. Mm. So we got into it completely by accident, I would say. Oh, wow. So did you purchase this commercial building with the savings that you had? And, the, and then, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I mean, I was looking for an investment, mm. you know, and this was kind of reckless on my part, I would say, because, you know, I think going the traditional route, maybe you were doing window film out of your garage, right, for years. And then you say, well, maybe now I'm ready to, you know, take off and, and get a building, right? Mm-hmm. We had zero experience. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, me and my brother, our first car, right? We, tending two front windows should take you about 30 to 45 minutes. It took us three hours. Wow. And we didn't know what we were doing. And the gentleman was waiting in the lobby. And it was just, uh, it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Having somebody wait three hours for two front windows, you know, and he still gave us a five-star review. Wow. Because he saw that we were trying. Yeah. You know, and I think that's honestly, that's what helped our business a lot is that we provide very good customer service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that a lot of people take that for granted. I think um, your customer service is almost your reputation and it's word of mouth, right? It spreads like wildfire. So you want to make sure that you always have your, your service, at, at par because you want to make sure that your clients are happy that when people are able to refer you so that's awesome that regardless that it took you three hours you don't know what you were doing you still find found a way to get it done yeah i mean we had our you know we had our classes where you know we paid a substantial amount of money to go down south and train um we had the machines to do it but everything failed on day one, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, we ended up realizing, man, we're not ready to handle more than one car. And this was back, actually, we started last September mm. where it was like full-fledged, you know, we we started uh, operating. So it was hot. Still, wow. You know, and people are calling like, hey, you know, I want to get my windows tinted and we're spending three hours on two front windows, you know, between two of us. Oh, wow. So there was a lot of, you know, stuff to learn. Yeah. But, there was no business hours for us. Wow. We were there early morning and we wouldn't leave until about 12, 1 a.m. I've slept in the office. You know, when I had people that we kind of knew that they were comfortable leaving their car overnight, we would literally work until the a.m. and then just fall asleep, wake up mm. you know, in the morning. Wow. Yeah. So we were there all day. That's crazy. I mean, that, that work ethic is so important. I think that if you have a big enough reason a big enough why regardless if you don't know how to do something like you're gonna figure it out because first of all like you already invested money into this building into machinery into oh, yeah. education so you're like i'm gonna have to figure this out somehow oh yeah and uh 
I mean, I've always been a huge proponent that hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work. Mm. And we were working a lot. So, you know, it was just, we were just grinding every day. Mm -hmm. And we ended up getting a little bit faster. And we ended up being able to charge a little bit more, you know, and we offered a little bit more services. Mm. And eventually we got to the point now where I wouldn't say we're one of the best, but, you know, we're definitely climbing. Um, you know, we were a five-star rated shop. We take care of people's cars. We're recommended by Tesla. We're working currently with Jeep to get some We're in the contract stages, but uh, to get um, working with them internally mm. instead of just with their customers. Mm. So, you know, we're, we're just, we keep expanding and now we're booked out a few days in advance. That's awesome, man. And I think you even said here that you're even opening or currently working on opening a second location in the Santa Clarita area. So that's amazing that you've been able to grow not to just one area, but two, which I mean, that's going to be another obstacle on its own. But have you been able to get clients just from the same skills that you've built, like the marketing skills and real estate? It's all a snowball effect. Nice. You learn how to how you learn what to do and what not to do, you know, and through your life experience, through trial and error, you end up, uh, you know, with these skills, right. Uh, for when you open up another location or this location, it's just piggybacking, uh, piggy, piggybacking off, you know, stuff that you've learned in the past. So again, you know, I was able to sell people on houses, you know, like, uh, with ads, right. To, to convince people to call me. Right. And to list their properties with me, well, how hard is it for me to sell window film? Mm. You know, so this is actually very easy for me. I think I can sell window film to just about anybody that walks in. So for me, I, I mean, I just found it very easy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like the turnover because it's very quick. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like being an escrow and you got to wait, you know, and and it's just it, you got it's stressful, right? Yeah. You got home inspections and appraisals and their financing. They need this and that. Um you know, with, with window tinting and PPF and those services, they're, they're, just, they're a super quick turnover. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, there's so many things. There's so many variables in real estate, things that can go wrong, things that are things that are out of your hands, like the appraisal, for example, or home inspection. And it's like, man, I did everything right. Spent money on ads, got the lead, but then it's going to fall out of escrow because it's not something that I did or had control of. But with window film, that's like a quick turnaround, easy sale. And you're just, you know, obviously picking back off your skills, which is awesome. So, um, but that you, which is, I think, super awesome, right? Because you graduated, just to put things more full circle, like you graduated from Cal State University, Bakersfield, to make your parents proud. And you did it for, for your parents, even though you didn't receive value in it. And now, fast forward to today, you've been able to basically move your dad from basically working in the fields to now working for you. So tell me how did that happen? Cause that's pretty awesome. I just always knew I would do it. I mean, I see my dad get home every day, you know, when it's 105 degrees out there with dirty boots, you know, his, you know, how uh, farm laborers, you know, their outfits, long shirts to protect them against the sun and stuff. And, I'd see him come home every day and I'd, I'd see the cameras when he'd, you know, leave the house five in the morning, you know, four 30 in the morning sometimes, because when it's hot, they want to work earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just always like a, a big fear of mine. Like I, I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to get in a car wreck driving tired, you know, in the morning. Um, but I always knew that I would take him out mm. always. Like, I think that's one thing that I can say is I, I've always had that confidence that I know I'm going to do it. Mm. There's no doubt in my mind, you know, and that's what, what just, I kept building, you know, from real estate to something else. Real estate wasn't really, it, it wasn't going to allow me to really take him out and, oops, sorry, and have him work. Mm -hmm. um, but through real estate, I was able to fund a business where he can actually implement his own, you know, skills, his laboring skills and stuff and help us out nice so he does that my mom is actually there every other day cleaning and she's also employed by us i mean mm. you know i i also have her working there too wow and uh i'll be honest i haven't i haven't kept a dollar from that business really yeah wow 
that that's all it's all them wow and, uh i think eventually you know we'll work something out but um i'm doing this for them wow. because they're my why 100 percent, man that i think that you've always had that from the very beginning like hey my why is my my, my family my parents you know i went to school for them and now you know this business is for them as well yeah that this degree unfortunately was not able to get them out of their current work situation and do all that you know but through them being supportive with me and supporting me in my own decisions i was able to get into real estate and eventually open this business and then have them be part of it that's awesome yeah cool man and then you know what's pretty interesting that you were saying is that you've actually you know you kind of compounded your skills and your money and you were able to fund this you know new business that now is providing not just for yourself but for your family which is awesome because it's very similar to my story where like my my parents both of us or both of my parents were in real estate my mom's a um escrow officer for a title company my dad's a property manager and my mom you know had a she has a good paying job and so i wanted to basically do the same and so i actually just to kind of put things into perspective i and because both of my parents are in real estate i decided to get my real estate license like i was telling you earlier and i actually closed a couple deals back in 2015 um probably i can't remember how many deals it was but it probably gave me like $20,000 in commissions and I used all of it to basically put it into what it is to, to my firm today, Sandoval Tax CPAs, which was making no money the first year. It was like, I was like, I'm making more money in real estate, but I put all that money into my tax business because this is what I had passion for. And this is what I found like I enjoyed. And I knew that long-term I would make more money from my tax business than I would from my real estate because I, I just my passion was in it and you know i think that that that's one of the things that led my, to my success right but i used my skills my my the funding from other ventures like real estate to be able to fund what i have today which it seems like you kind of had a similar story as well yeah same here i mean it's another thing my parents wanted me to do is buy my my house right buy my first house and uh again go the conventional route you know get a good paint job get a house, start a family, do all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really do that. Um, I put all my money into almost all my money into this business, mm. you know, and, uh, I was never scared. I, I was never worried. I never had a night where I couldn't sleep because I was putting over a hundred thousand dollars into a business like this that I've never done before. Uh, I just did it mm. and I knew that everything would be okay. Mm. So how did you not have that fear though? Because a lot of people don't, are not like that. Like a lot of people are scared to do that, especially like in my case where I was, I had a good paying job when I started my business. So I had like a lot to lose. And now, you know, I understand that fear is part of the process, but how did you, what, why was it the reason that you were not scared? Because I've had experiences where I've, where I've lost almost everything. Mm. I did lose everything when it came to school. School was everything I knew back then because that's what I was doing. I had little part-time jobs. But I lost all of that so I can go and pursue a passion of mine. Nice. So I knew that at the end of the day, it would be okay. Gotcha. So you, your experience with failing allowed you to kind of say, hey, well, I failed before. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, if I fail, that's that's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll, one day, you know, we won't fail. I'll, I'll be all right. Yeah. I know that I'm going to be okay. And I think that confidence is what has actually helped me succeed mm. is that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I think when, uh, you have like, when you realize that you're in it for basically, I'm in this, I'm in this to win. And if I fail, it's, it's all right, but I'm, but I'm going to do regardless of whatever it takes. You know, I know my reason and my why, and that's a big enough reason. Like you're going to succeed because you just, you understand that this is what it takes to get to this level of success Worst case scenario, I'm back at square one. You know, back you probably in your situation. Hey, if this doesn't work out, well, I can go back and sell a few more houses. I know how to sell homes. Yeah, exactly. So and, and, and it just never bothered me. It never worried me. Right. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people forget to think of that that's that plan B. Like, hey, if things don't work out, it's not the end of the world. Like for me, for example, I was so scared to quit my job because I was making six figures at the time. And I was like, you get pretty comfortable, you know, living off that paycheck. And I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my six-figure job, which was my dream, to start this new tax business, which I don't even know if it's going to make six figures. Fast forward is making more than seven figures. But at the time, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to make six. And it was one of the scariest things that I ever did. But I didn't really think about, hey, well, if it doesn't work out, you can just go back and you have the skills to go find another six-figure job. So in your case, it's like, hey, I'm going to put all this money into this commercial building. But if it doesn't work out, well, I still have my real estate license. I can still go sell homes. You know, I still have everything's going to everything's going to play out. Yeah, no, everything will play out. And, you know, whenever I whenever I actually uh, did it, I mean, I make six figures, you know, as a real estate agent. And I didn't think I was going to make six figures in the beginning selling window tint. (laughs) You know, but I mean, we make four figures in a day. Yeah. You know, we're making more money and doing that than I am in doing real estate. Yeah. So I was never, I never really sat down and broke it down. If the numbers kind of make sense, let's go. Mm. You know, we're, we're going to, we're, we're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never really sat down and had a business plan. And I think that, again, I don't recommend that. You know, I think that's kind of reckless. Um, but it made sense, you know, because a lot of these tent shops, you know, they had 12, 14 cars in a day and I was just studying how that worked, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, they charge 500 bucks a car, you know? So to me, it made sense. Like, okay, the numbers make sense. Let's go for it. Mm. And we did. And I didn't really, I was never concerned with it. It never bothered me. And now I have other things in the works too, that you know, hopefully eventually I can share, but, uh, opportunities that I've, that were, we got through that business. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just knew everything was going to be okay. That's awesome. Now you've been able to even develop relationships because now you've even, you know, grown your business where you're being recommended by Tesla, Bakersfield, Jeep of Bakersfield. So how do you develop these relationships for, you know, these huge dealerships that have been around for years to recommend, your business that hasn't really been along that. Yeah. Um, well, I think number one is going to be quality of work because you can be the nicest guy ever, but if you don't have that quality behind your work, unfortunately, you know, people are going to pass on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather redo a window. And this is a true story four times and then make sure it's good instead of doing it once or twice. And then whatever, you know, if he, complaints he'll be back Mm. you know it's just we have a different work ethic Mm. we'll spend three four hours on a car if we have to to make sure that it's perfect Mm. or at at least as close to perfect as possible instead of just trying to rush Mm. you know that in combination with customer service skills and talking to you know people uh while being accommodating hey you know they come in hey do you want a water bottle we know it's hot outside explaining the process explaining why you know if you got ceramic window film it's a lot different than getting regular traditional dyed films and stuff and then showing them the difference on our charts using uh you know heat lamps Mm -hmm. so that they could feel the difference those are the things that i think separate you know uh, i would say a premium tent shop compared to you know, a very fast, very sloppy place that just you go and they slap some some stuff on your window. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so important because, you know, quality work, it, it kind of talks for itself. And like, uh, just to give you a lot of examples, like my mom, who's in, um, an escrow officer, she would always say my marketing is my quality of work. Like, um, I don't need to go out and market just because I'm so proud of the work that I do that everyone is just like, hey, you got to go to this, you know, use my, you know, this escrow officer. Well, in your case, it's like, hey, you got to use this tin shop because, man, it came out so nice. Prices were reasonable. It's like, man, this is the place to go. And people just start referring you, and it's like because they see the value, they see, you know, the, the quality. It's just like it just makes sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, there's a 
uh, I can't really say the name, but there's a really famous tent shop or not tent shop, a uh, detail shop that's right by by us. Uh, they've been in business for over 40 years and they partnered with us too. Uh, really? Yeah, they, they do everything through us when it comes to window film because they see that and the owner and I, uh, you know, we just, we agree with that. Mm. We've had these conversations and that's true. You know, you have to just like quality is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a signature of your work. Yep. So, you know, if you're going to do something, you do it right. And if it doesn't come out, you know, to your expectations, do it again. Mm-hmm. Don't be lazy because that's going to separate you from the rest. Yeah. And I think what's important is that you're willing to even let your profits go down because if you're going to do something like four times, you're going to spend more time. You probably have to use more supplies more, and material. Yeah. Yeah. So your profit margins are going down, but your reputation is more yeah. important than your profitability. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't think we've had one review where it's negative or one bad experience because even if we may be, you know, we, we miss something, for example, right? We'll take care of it 100%, you know? And I think also taking accountability, mm-hmm. you know, is a, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just have a re- really uh, strict quality control um, thing that we do to make sure that the cars, you know, check out and they come out good. And we aren't, honestly, we're passionate. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not one day that I wake up and I say, damn, I have to go to work today. <laughs> I have to go and install window film on cars today. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, you know, people think, oh, well, it's just a blue collar, you know, something, you know, it's it's a job you, you put to. But I love what I do. Yeah. I love selling houses, you know, and through that passion, I was able to be successful. And now I realize that, hey, you know, we're we're window tenders now. Mm-hmm. You know, we install paint protection film. We, you know, even do a little bit of paint correction and ceramic coatings. But we love what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we love cars. We're passionate about them. And we've had some really expensive cars come into our shop, you know. So there had, and I can tell you this, Joel, there hasn't been one day that I wake up since, I started being self-employed, which is, I think, over three years now that I haven't had a W-2, mm-hmm. where I don't wake up, and, 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 I mean, I just love what I do. Yeah. You know? I, I never dread going to work. Yeah. I never dread waking up at 6 in the morning because I have to be meet a client at 7. Mm-hmm. And I think that, honestly, that's what's worth everything for me. Mm. You know, it's that. It's my parents being employed with me, mm-hmm. having my brother by my side. Those are the things that are more important to me. Yeah. Because that right there, not only has it made us closer, but we're in control of how how much we want to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so far, I think we've all been working pretty well. And I'm, I'm thankful that it's been going well for us. And I'm trying to be humble, you know, and, and I, I, I want to let people know that whoever's listening, you know, if, if they've worked with us, that I'm really grateful. Because it's something that, you know, that I didn't think we would be where we're at right now. But, you know, I know I said I, I never doubted it. But, you know, there's times where you, you, I mean, there's, I don't know about you, but there's days where I've quit in my head multiple times, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, I, I, I hate this, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but then you take it, take a step back, you take a breath. Mm-hmm. I, I have a route. In my uh, my shop, okay. it's, uh, in the area, and I tell my parents, if you guys see me walking, just let me keep walking. Just mm. don't, you know, don't talk to me. Just let me keep walking. I, I told the the detail shop too, if you guys see me walking because they're nearby, mm. just just know I messed something up, and I'm just going on a walk just to get a, a breath of fresh, uh, you know, to get some fresh air. Yeah, and uh, and, and yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I, I'm just happy where I'm at right now. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's that 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 kind of mental battle in our in our own heads that that make it difficult because like no one else is beating us up but ourselves. And it's like I for me the way, you know, just like you have the path where you walk like for me it's the treadmill cuz like I'll be on the treadmill and that's where like I start thinking, "Oh man, like for just to give you a couple examples, you know, I I started venturing into kind of offering consulting services for other accountants on how I was able to build my accounting firm and try to give them their advice. But then I got on a few calls and then a lot of some, some accountants were just like, they didn't have the belief in themselves to grow. I'm like, okay, that was discouraging for me. Cause I'm like, I can give you the answers to go into a, you know, seven figure accounting firm. Cause I've done it, 
you know, but you have to be willing, obviously, to put in the work at, you know, the work. You're going to have to invest some money. You're going to have to sacrifice some time with friends and family. But I, I didn't see that in them. And it was very discouraging. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore, even though I would rather not do anything else. So I think it's those mental battles with ourselves that as entrepreneurs, because we don't really have any, another boss, we don't have someone telling us what to do, that we have to like find, you know, that breath of fresh air, whatever it is that for us to help us cope and, and get that vision back and be like more determined and just to be, all right, this is the next step and this is what we're doing. I think yeah, you're absolutely right. I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's going to be okay. But on the micro level, on a, on a day-to-day basis, you're going to have those challenges come up just like anybody else, you know, but you, yeah, you need something that you can do to, to kind of release that pressure a little bit, you know, especially when you're the owner, because when things are going wrong, I mean, sure, you might have someone that could be a resource, but for us, that wasn't the case, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I've just learned that it's okay to be frustrated and it's okay to be upset. And I think me and my brother have fought more than I thought we would ever fight, (laughs) you know, uh, arguing, you know, just because, uh, that's just how it is, you know. I feel like we butt heads. It's hot back there, you know. This window didn't go right, whatever. Uh, but once we're done and we look at each other and we say, okay, today we made X amount, you know, and that's crazy. But, you know, we're, we, we're good, right? We're mm-hmm. good. We're, we're, you know, and I think that's all that matters is it's going to be a struggle. You're going to be upset. But you have to keep pushing through it and you got to find ways to, my brother, he likes to drive. If he's, you know, because Winterton's frustrating in the sense that any little speck of dust is a no-go. You got to redo everything again. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you put 45 minutes an hour into uh, tinting a back window on a Tesla, for example, right, and you moved your elbows too much in the back of that car, so now you lifted dust and a couple specks got on that window film, you got to do it all over again you know and then what if you and you know it's just i can go on and on and on me and window film are like i get along with it one day and then one day i'm like i hate this but um you know you just you learn how to how to control your emotions really Mm -hmm. and you learn that everything's gonna be okay and you just need to go and find something to release my brother drives he'll drive the block every you know couple times you know listen to his music Mm -hmm. i'll walk but at the end of the day, we got it done. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And I think that's that's very important that, you know, you, everyone knows how to deal with stress. Everybody has their own way. You even think, look at the basketball players when they're getting into a, a game, right? They have their headphones on. They got their music playing because they're trying to get mentally ready for the game. And I think it's the same thing with entrepreneurs, right? We, we deal with so much, you know, things in business, whether it's, you know, problems with employees, problems with customers or and it, that's that sometimes we forget to kind of just pat our, our own back. And I think that that's pretty cool that at the end of the day, like you said, hey, this is how much money we came in. You see the results. And I think that's super important that we also know how to kind of just celebrate as well. I think it's very important because that way, you know, hey, yes, we went through all these ups and downs. But at the end of the day, it was worth it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest rewards that we can get in entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, we pat ourselves in the back and, and, you know, he's never done real estate. So he's never seen big money in a check, you know, until he started working, you know, with me there at the at the shop. And it's just it's crazy. Sometimes, you know, we take a step back and we we say, wow, you know, we made what you would have made in a month in a day, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's my goal, you know, is really um, to take care of them, to take care of my brother, to take care of my parents and just make sure that they're that they're good um this is not the only business i'm gonna start i know that there's other things i'm work i'm working on um but i am taking it one business at a time so this is uh hopefully in the next year my goal is to have my second location and after that we'll just let destiny kind of work itself out i don't know what i'm going to be doing i'm not really much of a planner awesome man that's that's so exciting because i think that you know a true entrepreneur is just kind of like 
an action taker, right? And you kind of, when you see opportunities, you're like, you just go all in and, and you figure stuff out. Like you said, you didn't even know how to, it took you three hours to do two windows and, and you figure it out. And I think that's really the entrepreneurs. You just see opportunities and you go for them. And, and that's cool that you're opening a second location and then you just know that there's other opportunities that are going to be out there, even though you don't really know what those are just yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we're going to be all right at the end of the day. I, I just know we are. For sure, man. Now, if every, if anybody wants to follow Brian, uh, you can follow him on Instagram under b.g.7401. Again, that's b.g.7401. We'll have the make sure you have that in the notes as well. But Brian, um, anything, you know, any final words, anything that you're looking forward to? I know you said you have, you know, not really sure what to expect, but what, what are some of the, like maybe some exciting things that you're excited about right now? I'm just excited, honestly, about being alive and being able to have the the health to be able to keep going. I uh, have my family with me, and uh, I think everything. I mean, it's all just a blessing for me right now. I mean, I knew that I would be here, but to actually like, take a step back and realize that, wow, you know, I'm actually doing these things. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. So I'm just very thankful, and I'm blessed, and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, yeah. For sure, Brian, man. I love I love the gratitude, man. I think that's so important. The humbleness, man. To so cheers to your success. And again, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.